You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Something that is very, very important, and that is that that God is a God of purpose. As he's creating, everything has its purpose and its plan. We learned that the night needed the day, and the day is very necessary. And that people work in the day. Most people will work in the day, and they get things done during the day. And at night, you sleep and you rest. And some of us that have ever had to work at night, we go to work thinking, we shouldn't be doing this because it just doesn't feel right when you're on graveyard. That's probably why they call it graveyard, right? (laughs) So the sky has a purpose. The birds that fill the sky have a God-given purpose. And he separated the waters from the bottom of the sky or the vault from the waters from the top of the sky and the vault. And, And then he brought vegetation into existence. And then he brought trees and fruit and seeds And then he brought everything with a purpose. Everything had a God-given purpose. He brought the cattle and the animals and the beasts. And then he brought his prized creation, and that's humans. And he made them male and female. And if you don't understand that, then you get a a deception. And the world is being deceived right now because they don't distinguish that God created us male and female. Are you with me? And we're going to go into furthering that as we go into chapter 2 and we see that God created us so that we could have relationships and those relationships are ordained by God. And so not only do we have purpose, we also found out that God, with this purpose, He provided structure and order. The sun and the moon have order. They have structure. You, You can mark your calendar by each of them because God created it that way. He said the, 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 the greater light and the lesser light and the, they will govern the days and you will know times and seasons because of these great lights. And then we see that each day was ordered by God and his creation made room for what was to come in an orderly and precise progression. So there was a progression that was taking place. Are you with me? And even to this day, there is something that's in us. I would say it's innate that tells us that we need structure in our lives. How many of you, especially when you come to God, you come back to God through Jesus, do you find out that he begins to provide structure and order in your life? And, and before your life was chaotic, and then you begin to have this, this, this structure, and this, you desire that. So that's all God-given. But what we find out is where we're going today is he introduces us to something that is so vital to our existence and it's so important to our emotional and to our physical and to our spiritual health. He introduces us to rest. He introduces us to a word that is so important and that is to be able to rest, not just any rest, but he introduces us into his rest. The rest of God. 
So today, as we look at the seventh day of creation, I want, to see how, I want us to, to find out how important rest is to our well-being. And I think as I go into this, that you understand that the, the number seven, throughout Scripture, it symbolizes completeness or completion and perfection. So as he gets to day seven, and that's what we're going to look at today, we're going to go to chapter uh, two, verses one through three in Genesis, and we're going to see that in this complete creation that God had, had already perfected it. So on this day, he calls not only himself, but everyone to begin to rest, and we're going to find out some very important things that, that will come up in a little bit later as I go through this sermon. Let's pray. Father, thank you, for, um, thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I just pray that uh, as you lead me and guide me, Father, to be your messenger, that everything I say will bring glory to your name. I pray, Father, that um, as I prepared many, many things for, for this morning, that when I speak them, that they'll be clear and understandable, Lord, and, and the things that maybe I didn't prepare, Holy Spirit, I'm open for you to speak to me and through me more than anything for, for the edification of your people, Lord God. And if there's someone that doesn't know you, may they not leave here today not knowing Jesus because we need you as our Savior, your God. And so uh, we pray for that even beforehand. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I want us to read uh, Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read from the NASB, and you guys, you know, pull up your, your Bible apps or whatever you have and, and, and read along with me. The Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all of their hosts. And by the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Do you notice how much emphasis is put on that he did it? He rested because he created. He had done this. He completed so the first point that I want us to grab a hold of, point number one, is God's rest is necessary. Someone should bump their spouse and say, did you hear that? If God's rest was not necessary, he would never have rested. Are you with me? If God's rest was not necessary, he would never have rested. And if God made this a priority of his perfect creation, I think it's important that we make it a priority in our imperfect lives. I think sometimes we think we're greater than God. Because we think, I don't have time to rest. Think about it. Think about what we... What, that statement right there, you're making yourself more than God. I don't have time to rest. No, no, let me tell you something. You better rest or you're going to rest in the hospital. Rest is very necessary. I love the way that Augustine put it. 
He said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Do you notice that Augustine came to the conclusion in, in his life that true rest from our souls or true rest for our souls and our hearts is found in God himself? He said, you made me, Lord, for myself. And think about it. Uh, if you know the, anything about Augustine's life, he was a man who, who went wayward. He parted. He just went very intellectual. But he started partying, had the party life. His mom would pray for him diligently. Augustine came to Jesus, put his faith in him, and, and he found that he had found the Savior of mankind. And in that, he became one of the greatest fathers of the church and wrote so many things for the glory of God. But he came to the conclusion that unless we find God, we'll never find rest. Amen. Hawaii isn't going to give you rest without Jesus. I talked to a brother one time that told me this. He said, I went to Hawaii and I was in the greatest depressed state of my life. He said, I was in the greatest, most biggest depressed state in my life as I was in Hawaii. Everyone was on vacation. They were laughing. I smiled. I did everything I could to make myself smile. But inside, I was dying. There's only rest in God. There's only peace in God. And rest is very necessary. I, I tell people we should never... It's good for us to take vacations. In fact, I love getting away. It's wonderful. But we should never take a vacation from God. And I tell people that all the time. It doesn't matter. If you, if you leave here, it's not like you check out. You don't, you don't leave God. And I, my prayer for everyone that comes to Living Word Chapel is that you don't leave God at the door and walk out of the building. But that you take God wherever you go because, first of all, God is wherever you go. He's the creator of the universe. And so as we, we begin to have that mindset, we begin to understand you never take a vacation from God. In fact, you need God on your vacation so that you can have true rest. It's necessary for us to prioritize rest. Emotionally, we need rest. How many of you have been going crazy emotionally? You know, we have so many things coming into our lives. So many, it seems like you get done with one problem and another one comes. So your emotions are going crazy. So we need to rest. Physically, we need rest. I heard that there was a, a, someone in, in, in the church who just got a new job, been working 12-hour shifts, been working over and over and over time. So you work and 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 you work. Your body, there's times that we need Rest. And spiritually, we need to rest. There's times that Pastor James has to turn things off. My wife, is, she's a champion to help me here. There's, she says, babe, you need to turn some things off. Turn, you don't need to answer that call. They'll leave a message. Rest in God. Let God refill you. Because sometimes you're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're pouring out. But can I tell you, when you pour out and you don't ever rest, then God can't fill you. And then what you're pouring out is only yourself. 
You're not pouring out any, any God because God's, you're not spending time with God in rest. And it's so important that we grab a hold of how we need to rest. I love the way the Bible puts it in Proverbs 19:23. It says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one will rest content and untouched by trouble. Isn't that This does not mean that we don't face trouble. It means that when we find our hope in God, trouble won't overwhelm us. See, I know that every day has its set of trouble. I know it does. Why? Because every day has people. Why do we come to God? Because we're in, we're in a mess. We're, we, we're a mess. We need, we, need, we need a Savior. We need help. And then we go, on a, we go on a sanctification process where he begins to work in us. But we're never complete until we're complete positionally. But we're never complete progressively because we're not going to be perfect until Jesus comes back. Are you with me? So that teaches me some pretty important things. That means that we're all a mess. So anytime that people that are a mess get together, there's going to be the, the potential of messy things happening. Amen? So we need to rest in the perfect one. And we'll be untouched by our trouble. We can find rest for our souls in God when we are facing adversity. And adversity, trials, and difficulties are something that we face on a daily basis. I said all that. The psalmist put it like this. He said, yes, my soul, find rest in God. You know when we're singing that song, let my soul sing? You know, let, let, sometimes we got to speak to our soul. And our soul is our whole being. Our soul is not only spiritual, it's physical and emotional. When, when uh, 3,000 souls were added to the church, it wasn't just your spirit that was added. It was you. It's your whole being. Anything beyond that is Gnostic teaching. When they say, well, those, the spirit is good, but your body's bad. Your body doesn't matter. God loves every part of us. He made every part of us. The Bible says we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Every part of us, emotionally, physically, spiritually, do you think that God wants for us to be spiritually rested but emotionally a mess or physically a mess? God desires to give us holistic rest. Why don't you tell your neighbor, tell someone, God's rest is necessary. That was very weak. Tell, tell your neighbor, God's rest is necessary. Amen. Better. Point number two, God's rest allows you to enjoy his work. Another reason that I see God's, that I see God, not God, God adding a Sabbath to his creation account is that he was able to step back and admire what an awesome job he had accomplished. Are you with me? Sixth day, he saw male and female, he saw Adam and Eve. He saw everything he created. He went back and he said, be before that, five times in that, in, that, uh, in that chapter, he says, it's good. And then one of the times he steps back and he says, this is very, very good. Amen? 
And so on the seventh day, everything was completed. Everything was perfected. Everything was what needed to be done. And he stepped back and he rested because he was able to see what he had done and enjoy what he had done. The Bible tells us by the seventh day, God completed his work which he had done. God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because he rested from all of his work. Notice the emphasis on his completed work. Remember that we're talking about the universe. God didn't just step back and say, man, look at what I did in Arizona. Or look at what I did in the itty-bitty United States. Or look at what I did in the itty-bitty North America. We're talking about the cosmos. We're talking about the universe. God stepped back and he, I don't, in his royal throne, I have a chair up here that says Pastor James. He's got a chair up there that says God. And he sat back and he rested and he said, and I don't know how the Lord sits, Father. I, I want to be real careful here. But, you know, he might have sat and said, this is awesome. This is awesome. And he rested so that he could enjoy what he has done. And if God will stop and rest and enjoy what he has done, who are we as imperfect people not to stop and enjoy to look and see what he has done? Have you ever stopped and rested, maybe sat on your porch in the front yard or backyard in the evening and just sat and looked at the stars and say, God, you are an amazing Amazing creator. You see, we, we can build our world and we can, we can brag about our accomplishments, but if God is not at the center, it will all be in vain and you will end up exhausted and at the end of your life you say, I did all this, but it means nothing because nothing that we do in ourselves without God means Nothing without him it means nothing in fact the bible says unless the lord builds a house the workers of the uh, the worker the work of the builders is wasted unless the lord protects a city guarding it with with uh, sentries uh, will do no good it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning and until late night anxiously working for food to eat this sounds like some of us people for god gives rest to his loved ones so some of us are working so hard. I, I know it, beloved. I know that there are some of us, I'm talking about me even in ministry, working so hard, working, 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 working. But if I don't take stop, if I don't take time to stop and rest in God, I'm building everything in vain. And you'll come to the place in your life where you're so physically exhausted that you did not notice God speaking to you in the small things. If you've never stopped to listen to a bird sing, you've missed out on some of the most beautiful things in the world. If you've never taken a walk and enjoyed the trees, enjoyed the cross, and say, thank you, God, that I can breathe. If you've never enjoyed his creation, beloved, you will end up exhausted and anxious. 
The great preacher Chuck Swindoll put it like this. He said, God never asked us to meet life's pressure and demands on our own terms or by relying upon our own strength, nor, he, nor did he demand that we win his favor by assembling an, an impressive portfolio of good, good deeds. Instead, he invites us to enter into his rest. How many of us build towers and build things in our lives and you find out that all of these things mean nothing without God? And the only way that you'll find purpose, structure, and all of these wonderful things in our lives is if we rest and enjoy him. Tell someone, enjoy God's creation. And that sounds a little bit weak, too. <laughs> One more time. Enjoy God's creation. Enjoy God's creation. That's much better. Point number three. God's rest allows you to enjoy your work and accomplishments. When I'm talking about we should enjoy what God has done, that, that's, that's a for sure. But God has given every person gifts and talents. And those gifts and talents are given so that we can work and we can bring glory to his name. When I worked underground, I was a different person before I came to Christ than when I came to Christ. Before I came to Christ, I could care less about anyone but me. I could care less if I went and sat. When I came to Christ, the Holy Spirit began to work in me and he began to say, you're accountable. You're blessed that they gave you a job. You need to work with excellence. And so you begin to work hard and you begin with everything you do, you do it so with, with purpose. You do it like, you know what? I want to please the Lord in everything that I do. Amen? So work is good. In fact, uh, Elizabeth uh, Elliot, the great writer, put it like this. Work is a blessing. God has so arranged the world so that work is necessary. And he gives us hands and strength to do it. The enjoyment of leisure would be nothing if we had only leisure. Have you ever sat on the couch for 10 hours? It's painful after a while. If you've sat on the couch for more than two hours, get off of the couch. You're going to leave an impression there. Work is very necessary. It glorifies God. So she goes on and she says, you know, leisure, would, would, you'd have only leisure. It is the joy of work well done that enables us to rest, just as the experience of hunger and thirst that make food and drink such pleasures. Have you ever ate? Let me tell you a little story. I went to uh, uh, SeaWorld one Two years ago, three years ago, we went to SeaWorld on a vacation, uh, Shauna and I and, the, and our young adults, and we went there and we bought this, this band. You buy it and you can eat as much as you want. So you think it's great. I got the band, dude, right? And so you've got this, and you can go into any place there in SeaWorld and eat as much as you want. We started out, man, me and Jacob said, let's go, Jake, let's go over here. We started eating. Then we ate, and we kind of full, went to some of the, the shows, and then, okay, it's almost lunchtime. Let's go and eat. And then I, that, that, that one didn't taste as good as the other one. We went to the next time. We weren't even hungry. They said, it's dinner time. I was like, 
<sighs> and then we got to about six o'clock. I could not eat anything. Come on, we bought the band. You only enjoy food when you're hungry. Amen? Well, sometimes I enjoy it when I'm not that hungry. But that day, I can tell you for sure that you, you find this to be true. It's like, it's like resting. When you, when you work, leisure is much better than if all you have in life is leisure. In fact, when you work and you build and you do things with excellence... And you look back and you say, thank you, God, for what you've allowed for me to accomplish. It is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. If you're a teacher in the schools, you work hard and make yourself the best teacher you can be. If you're an accountant, you work hard helping people with their finances because it honors God. There are many other vocations, whether you're a builder or you work in the dental office or you work in medical or in the mines or civil services. God has placed you there to work hard and to use his giftings. And can I tell you something? When you work hard and you take that time off, that time off is much better than if you've gone to work and you haven't done nothing. Because you can go to work and do nothing instead of just resting and doing nothing. Amen? But when you're working hard, and believe me, God has worked in me as I started walking with him. And, he's, and he, he produces something in us where we want to do everything with excellence. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, he said, this is good. And then he created man and woman. He said, it's very good. And that's exactly how we should be when we're working. We should always be able to step back and say, man, this is really good. Amen? Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. So work is very, very, very important. Point number four. God's rest is available. What I find in Genesis 2 is that God's rest is there for us to be able to enter into it. Throughout the Old Testament, what we find is that God urges his people to enter into his rest. He's always telling the the Jews, enter into my rest, go into the promised land, enter into my rest. And what you find in the New Testament is that it's not a day that provides this rest that God wants us to enter. It's not a day. It's a person. You enter into the rest of God through the person of Jesus Christ. Remember that seven means complete and perfect, but the perfect one is not Saturday, which is the Sabbath. The perfect one is not a day, but it's God who completed his work on Saturday. Remember that the law doesn't provide salvation or even rest. It points us to the need of the one who came to fulfill the law and came to give us peace that surpasses all understanding. So to find rest, you got to go to the one who said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, 
Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. True rest is available, but it's not found in a day. It's found in a person. It doesn't come through a travel agent. It comes through the cross of Jesus. It doesn't come through you and I striving to find it through our good deeds. It comes through the words of Jesus at the cross where Jesus says, It is finished. And when you find Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you find out that everything was completed at Calvary and you can enter into the rest of God. I love the way that Mark Driscoll put it. Pastor Mark put it like this. He said, on the Sabbath day we are remembering that my relationship with God did not begin with what I've done. It is not sustained by what I do. It is not guaranteed to the end by my effort or work. I'm saved from beginning to end by Jesus' work. You see, beloved, we can all have rest, and it comes through Jesus. Point number five, God's rest is eternal. The creation account reveals one other great truth about God's rest. The reason that God's rest cannot be summed up in a day is because it would then become temporary. Are you with me? If God's rest was only on Saturday, the Sabbath day, then it would be temporary. But when you look at the creation account, the the rest of God is eternal. In Christ, we obtain a rest that is everlasting, and we never have to fear that it will be taken away. A great Bible scholar, Ken Matthews, Ken Matthews has written one of the greatest commentaries on Genesis, and he put it like this, the theological significance of God's creation... The seventh day is eschatological. In other words, it's good for the end times. It's eschatological. The seventh day has no closing, refrain, evening or morning. The seventh day has no end and therefore is viewed as eternal. Whereas the human work week recurs after each Sabbath, the Sabbath rest of God is eternal since creation's work is finished. And God, on the last day, on the seventh day, he he didn't say an evening and day came. He didn't say that because he said, this rest that I'm going to offer you will never end. And it's going to be available for you today, tomorrow, next week, the week after, every single day, every single minute. You can be in your office. You can be in your yard. You can be at work. And you can say, Lord God, I want to rest in you just for three minutes, five minutes. And the presence of the Holy Spirit will fill you because the rest of God is real. And you can have that rest. And we need that rest. And beloved, many of us, many of us, myself included, included, this starts with me. We do not prioritize the rest of Christ in our life. And when we don't, you end up doing everything in your own strength. And we were not created to do that. We need God in our lives. In every aspect of our life. 
Beloved, we don't have to work to, to get God's rest because it's provided through Jesus. And it's important that we don't worry or fret that it's ever going to cease. God's rest will continue forever. And it's available every day if we appropriate it through Christ. Maybe that's why Isaiah put it like this. And this is my last scripture. I'm going to close with this. Maybe that's why Isaiah said this. He said, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God. In other words, everything that God does is eternal. The creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom because he's infinite. Amen. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary. Isn't that amazing? He's, the, the Bible teaches us that even if you're young, in this fallen world, you are going to come to a place where you're going to be tired and you're going to be weary. But the Bible goes on. And he says, and young men will stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk, and they will never become faint because they've got the power of the everlasting God in their lives, and you can rest in that. And when you're tired, like a mother eagle, he takes the, the chick on her back and will soar. And her chick will go, Woohoo, this is nice. And then she'll say, fly. And the chick will fly. Wow. And that's who we are in Christ. He takes us when we're, when we're weary and we're tired. And he allows for us, he carries us on his back. And then he says, okay, now run. And walk. And we get off, man. And we got that pimp walk. And then you get tired and he says, come on. Let me carry you like an eagle. And you rest in him. And beloved, can I tell you something? Every single one of us need to rest in God. Daily. And then go do some more work and say, God, would you please come with me and help me with, throughout my day? Let me do what I'm going to do. See, I believe with all of my heart that we're bringing on to a, a, a couple here. And, and God's going to empower them and strengthen them so they can do work that's going to glorify his name. But there will be times, Jeff and Tracy, that you will need to have the rest of God through Christ. And every single person here... Every, you guys have a God-given mandate. God has you wherever you're working. Whether you're working at Circle K or if you're working at the schools, wherever you're working, God has you there. And you should be working diligently with excellence, doing things for God. But there will be times that you will have to take a seat and just say, I need to rest in God through Christ. And he'll never, he'll never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never abandon you. The woman at the well, Jesus said, give me a drink of water. And the woman was drawing water, the Samaritan woman, and Samaritans didn't get along with Jews, and women were never talked to by Jewish men, and 
She says, who are you, a Jewish man, to come and ask me for a drink? And, and he said, if you only knew who you were talking to, I would give you something that you could never have. I would give you a drink. And that drink is alive. It's eternal. It's living water. And I'm going to fill you. And I'm going to let you rest. And all those, all those people that have, that have shamed you, and all, you, you, you're in shame right now because you've had many husbands, and the one that you're living with is not your husband, but I'm here. I'm your Savior. I'm the Messiah. Boy, I'm switching to some scripture, huh? Thank you, Jesus. And not only did he give her water, he gave her rest from all the accusations that she had to face every day. Because can I tell you something? How many of us are tired of all the accusations, of all the hurt, of all the pain? And they don't cease until you come to Jesus and he lifts you. And he holds you. There's a picture of Jesus and there's a guy that he's falling down. He's, he's just hurting and Jesus is in the back and he's holding him. Have you ever seen that picture? And actually this guy has a, nail, a hammer in his hand. And he knows that he's the one that put those nails in Jesus Christ. Because we all have. But can I tell you something? Jesus came to save our souls and to give us rest from all the shame and all the accusations that this world brings so that we can be free to live and to love and to forgive and to walk in the attributes of the living, everlasting, wonderful creator, God. All heads bowed, please. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.